Beloved, and welcome back to another episode of Unveiling Love the Podcast. Thank you so much for still being here with me. I appreciate all of the supporters, all of the listeners, all of my new followers, both on social media as well as on Spotify and Apple Music and all of the different podcast platforms. I genuinely do appreciate just the support and just all of the love and everything that you guys are giving me. It just means the world to me, not because you guys are listening, but because it really is penetrating your heart and um, you're getting a lot out of it. And that is my prayer that you guys would continue to be transformed and renewed in your mind and that your hearts would be changed and all of those different things so that you can see tangible growth and you can really look at the fruit of what it is that God is doing on the inside of you. And so I'm just so grateful for you guys. Last week, we talked about part one of my testimony. And this week, we're going to talk about part two of Unveiling Love, the testimony. And so thank you so much again for being here. And let's go ahead and get into it. So I left off last week with talking about um, my first book that I published entitled Becoming One with God, Journey to Wholeness and Freedom. And I went over some of the different chapters and I kind of mentioned how each chapter in the book was actually each step that God took me through, through my journey and experience of becoming one with him. And so I'm just so blessed to be able to be back with you guys for part two. So this week we will be talking about what happened after the book, what happened after I published this book, what happened after, you know, I was like, yes to God. And, you know, I started this whole process and this whole journey. Um, I thought that once I wrote the book and everything, and once I published it, that, you know, life would be good after that. I think I had a big misconception of just my journey and my faith walk with God. Um, at the time, I think I believed that, you know, everything would get better and that I wouldn't experience any more pain or any more hurt or anything like that. Um, because I was just kind of on this high with God, if I'm honest with you, because of everything that I had been experiencing. And so for a couple years after I wrote the book, it was just releasing prophetic words on Facebook, um, continuing to share just different things that God would put on my heart for my followers and things like that. Um, I was growing in church and growing in my faith. Um, I was serving on a worship team and all of those different things. And so um, I thought that things would be good and things would be great. Um, And then I experienced a little bit of hurt relative to some loss of some friendships and things like that. Um, But life was still pretty decent. Life was still good. Life was still okay. Um, And I remember in 2019, my daughter and I decided that we would be baptized together. And so this was my way of basically saying yes to God and coming into agreement with whatever God's perfect will would be for my life. And so when they asked me the question, like, well, why do you want to be baptized? I remember I publicly declared You know, I'm saying yes to God in this moment. Like, God, have your way. Whatever it is that you desire to do in my life from this point forward, you go ahead and you do just that. And we really got to be careful what we say. Sometimes we just be saying stuff. (laughs) 
<laughs> because it sounds so good. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with saying yes to God or coming into agreement with God's will. But I think sometimes when we say certain things, we don't realize the magnitude of what comes with that. And we don't, you know, when we say yes to God's will, that's literally us saying no to our own will and our own desires and our own way of thinking that our life should go. And so I said yes to God um, in March of 2019. And the day after my daughter and I were actually in a car accident that nearly took us out of here. My daughter tore her kidney. Um, I was unable to walk without a walker for about six months. Um, I had to go through some physical therapy and things like that. My daughter and I actually were in two separate hospitals um, so she could recover at the children's hospital. And I was at a trauma center at another hospital. Um, and it was so crazy because I had actually gotten a new car like within like I want to say it was like weeks before and I'm a little off with the timeline but I believe it was like within a week or two prior to me getting um into the car accident and honestly this is part of the testimony but had I been in the accident had my daughter and I been in the accident in the car that I had prior which was ac actually a convertible it was like a soft top convertible um that we had like a couple weeks prior to like God forbid we were in that car because genuinely speaking, I don't believe that we would have survived. Um, if you see the pictures, if you look at the pictures of the car accident that we were in, it should have taken us out of here. So it's only by the grace of God that he won, you know, enabled me to be able to get a new car. And actually how that happened was I was on my lunch break at work and I was in a drive through and there was a guy who was like trying to back out of the drive through and he actually like bumped into my car. And because I had a 1999 Chrysler Sebring convertible with a soft top, him hitting my car, like it literally totaled my car. And so I had to get a new car. I was forced to get a new car and grace, like glory to God, I was able to get a car that had all the bells and whistles. It had all the safety features and all of those different things. And so when we got into the accident, it was only because obviously it was a grace of God as well, but it was only because of the fact that we were in this new car that we were even able to survive. And if you look at the picture of our car compared to the car that actually hit us head on, like it's nobody but the grace of God that the the damage was as minimal as it was. Um, and so I just give God the glory for that. But as you can imagine, after getting into that car accident, it kind of had me in a space of like, okay, God, why would you let this happen? Like I literally just said yes to you. I literally just came into agreement with what it is that you had spoken over my life. Like, why would you allow this to happen? Um, and so that kind of put a bad taste in my mouth, if I'm honest with you guys, just relative to like saying yes to God and what comes with saying yes to God. And in my mind, when you say yes to God, then that means like, get ready because the enemy is about to come after, come after you and come at you. But that's a lie from the pit of hell because the enemy is going to come after us regardless. He's going to come after us whether we're doing good or bad because his job, his only job, his only responsibility is to still kill and destroy. And it is only Christ who has come that we will have life and life more abundant. So even in our seasons where we are seemingly doing well or whatever the case may be, or even in the seasons where you know, we have not yet said yes to God. Like the enemy is definitely still seeking to still kill and destroy us in those moments as well. And so, and honestly, like there are just some things that we will go through in this life. And the Bible says in this life, you will have trials of various kinds, but take heart because I've overcome the world. And so when we are going through this life, we will have experiences where it might not always make sense. It might not always feel good. And it might, you know, cause our faith to be stretched and it might cause us to have to re go back to God and ask God some difficult questions but in that season it was really hard for me to kind of to to reconcile the fact that my daughter and I had just said yes to God and now here I am 
um, getting into a car accident, losing my job, losing my ability to really be able to walk and function on my own. And then I had just lost my job like days. I want to say it was like the day after um, a couple days prior to, I'm sorry, a couple days prior to us getting baptized, I actually lost a job. I was working in real estate and I really believed that, you know, God was like leading me to go into real estate and to be a real estate agent. And so um, it was just a lot. Like I felt like I was literally losing everything, including my mind at that point. And so that led to just this period of I was numb for a little while. Like I didn't even really want to talk to God because I was so disappointed. I was so excited when we got baptized because I'm like, yes, like what's about to happen? Like God is about to like really do something major in our lives because we have come into agreement with this plan and with this purpose for our lives. And getting into the accident really caused me to kind of like be still and be silent for a season because I really just did not understand like why God would allow what was happening to me to happen to me. And so I was unable to really walk for six months. And I remember like I was finally able to walk again without the walker. And I didn't have a car yet um, because I had the car was totaled. As you can imagine, the car was totaled. And so I hadn't really gotten a car yet because I wasn't working and I wasn't even really walking. And so I was primarily traveling back and forth to at the time pick my daughter up from the after school program through Lyft or through Uber or different rats, your companies like that. Um, and I was in an accident. Um, I can't mention which company it was, but I was in an accident while I was in a rat share on my way to get my daughter from the after school program. Um, and so six months after my first initial accident, I was in another accident. And to be honest, I don't even think it was six months. I think it might've been like around four or five months later, I was in another car accident, which led me back in the hospital. I had bruises all over and things like that. And it kind of set me back in my healing journey from the previous previous accident that I was hailing from. And so again, I was just kind of in this place where I'm like, you have to be kidding me. Like, you got to be kidding me, right? Like, okay, at this point, I must be doing something wrong. At this point, you know, it must be me. Like, I must not have been, you know, praying enough or fasting. Like, in my mind, I'm like, this has to be happening because I did something wrong or because God is mad at me or God is upset with me. And I just want to pause for a second and let you know, like, God is not upset with you. Like, God is not, like, even if you feel like you're not in a season right now where you're doing all the things and you will always hear me talking about, quote unquote, doing all the things because there is such a huge misconception about what we do for God and what we are, you know, in our, you know, activity when it comes to God relative to praying or fasting or worshiping, we'll usually equate that to like, you know, if God is mad at us or if God is angry with us or if something bad happens to us, then it's like, oh, well, I must not have done all the right things. And so I just want to pause and say to you that if you find yourself in a place right now where you feel like, you know, I'm not doing all the things and all hell is breaking loose in my life, you know, there could be a correlation, you know, because there is safety in prayer and there is safety in abiding in the shadow of God's wing, you know, according to Psalm 91, but also know that we have an adversary and we have a very real enemy who is coming after us and his job and duty is to still still our joy still our hope still our possessions still you know our faith and to to kill kill our hope kill our faith kill you know the things around us kill us spiritually and to destroy us relative to our faith 
and his job and it says it in the Bible that his job is to literally wear out the saints like that is exactly what it is that the enemy is trying to do and so if you find yourself right now and you feel like you know I'm not doing all the things and all hell is breaking loose in my life one I just want to you know say you know definitely just repent to God for whatever it is that you feel like you have done um and then go and sit at his feet tell him how it is that you're feeling and allow him to just pour back into you because he is not far from you in this moment typically it is us that run away from God, but he said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. And he is always near. He's always present. And it is not his will to just like strike us down whenever we don't do things correctly. And so that's where I found myself. I felt like because I had spent, you know, the last couple of months kind of upset with God because of my my previous accident, that that is what led me to this new accident that I was in. And so I was frustrated to God be the glory. I didn't have to go back on a walker or anything like that, but I had to do some more physical therapy <clears throat> excuse me and I remember just kind of getting to this place where I was just like you know what like I'm just gonna do me like clearly I can't do anything right spiritually so I'm just gonna do me and I kind of got into this place of rebellion and I ended up you know going out all the time and I ended up drinking and I ended up smoking and I ended up like just all of these different things like I literally you guys was in the club all the time like I was in the club weekly like because of the fact that I was running from just everything that I had experienced I was literally just upset with God I was frustrated I didn't understand why I was going through what I was going through and so I was in this rebellious place of like I'm just going to do whatever it is that I want to do now like I'm just going to do me and can't nobody tell me nothing and that's just what it's going to be because I'm upset with God. And so that was my life for a few months starting in, I want to say October of 2019. Um, and then I partied and like, when I say you guys, it was like a nightly thing that I was drinking, whether at home or whether with other people, like I was constantly drinking and smoking and going to the club. And like I said, just partying because I didn't want to feel the pain of everything that I had just experienced months prior. Here I am standing up with my daughter, with my baby girl saying, I'm going to get baptized and I'm going to come into agreement with God's will for my life. And then here I am months later now having to heal from not one accident, but two accidents that almost took me out of here. And so that was my lifestyle from October until literally March. <laughs> the last time I went out, you guys, was literally the day before they shut the world down because of the pandemic. Like it was um, St. Patrick's Day weekend, I want to say. And I literally went out that Sunday. And then that Monday, they announced that everything was shut down. And so that was what I was doing. And but the world being shut down, that didn't stop me from being in this place of rebellion. And so instead of going out and going to the club, I was buying alcohol and I was drinking at home. Um, and it literally was two weeks later that I found myself pregnant. I was pregnant again with my second child, not married, not in a relationship. Like, and here I am, like, like at this place, I had to be sober, right? Because I'm pregnant. And so because now I'm sober, I'm being forced to face everything that I did not want to feel and face after the accident and after the second accident. Everything that I was trying to numb, all the pain, all the hurt, all the frustration with God, all the disappointment, all of the questions and all of that. Here I am now sober, having to face the reality of everything that I was trying to run from. 
And, you know, although I know that it is God's will for us to be married before we have children, it was the grace of God. You know, children are still a gift from the Lord. God is the one that is the life giver. And so I personally believe that my son saved my life at that time because I don't know where I was headed. Um, I don't know, like, it was only the grace of God that he protected me, like, as I was going out and as I was clubbing. Like, I remember one night I was literally on my way out to the club. And I had already, because I wasn't just drinking when I got to the club, y'all. Like, I was drinking before while I was getting ready on my way down there. So here I am already intoxicated on my way out to the club and my car spun out of control. Like, I literally was on my way to the club and my car spun out of spun out of control. And it wasn't even my car because I had been renting a car because I had lost my car from the accident. So here I am renting this car and my car spun out of control and there was no other cars on the road at the time on this extremely busy highway where there's typically a lot of cars, a lot of traffic. There were no other cars on the road at that time. And when my car stopped spinning out of control, it literally was facing the right direction, but it had been pulled over to the side of the road. It was as if God pulled my car over to the side of the road. And you would think that that would be my cue to be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going home. But I didn't, you guys. I did not. I was like, okay, well, thank you, Lord, for saving me and for for protecting me. I'm still going out and I'm still going to the club. And so when I got pregnant with my son, I believe that it was nothing but the grace and the mercy of God because I could have been headed towards death, whether it be a permanent spiritual death or a death physically because of the like poor choices that I was making. It was nobody but the grace of God that somebody didn't, you know, put something in my drink while I was out because I wasn't going out with friends. I was going out by myself. Like sometimes I would go out with my cousin here and there, but I was literally going out by myself. And it could have been so bad. Like I'm literally five feet, probably soaking wet, 125. 30 pounds, like I'm very small. And it could have been a thing to where I could have been snatched up. Somebody could have drugged me. I could have been sexually assaulted. There are a lot of different possibilities that could have happened because of the lifestyle that I was living. But it was by the grace of God that, you know, not that that the world got shut down. I want to be mindful. I don't want to say, you know, that it was the grace of God that he, you know, allowed the world to get shut down. I'm not saying that. But it was the grace of God that the timing that it happened, it happened for me in my life. Um, And it was nobody but God that even allowed me to 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 get pregnant because like like I said it is God who gives life and that literally saved my life my son saved my life and so here I am pregnant now having to go back through the last years worth of running the last years worth of like toxic decisions and all of those different things because of how hurt I was and how frustrated I was um I remember like just talking to any old everybody because I just I was just in this place of rebellion, to be honest, you guys. And so here I am pregnant and I was in counseling. So I was working through some things with the counselor um, and everything like that. And then my son was born December of 2020. When my son was born, I just was um, the level of anxiety, the level of depression that hit me 
was beyond anything that I had ever experienced. And before I got discharged from the hospital, I actually got on some anxiety medication because I was so terrified to even go home with my son because I wasn't sure like what my mental health would be like. Because I literally, like I said, had been running for like the last year and some change because of everything that I had experienced. And although I had been sober when I was pregnant with my son, like I was still just so terrified of what it would look like, what life would look like when I went home. Um, and so I went home and I was experiencing extremely bad postpartum depression um, when I had my son. And at the time, there was something called Clubhouse. I'm sure you guys are aware of Clubhouse. Clubhouse came to be. Um, and I got on Clubhouse. I remember a friend of mine invited me to Clubhouse. And that to me, again, was still just God and his kindness because I felt so alone. And I had met some really amazing people through this app that I had never met before. Um, and like, I literally felt like I felt myself coming back to life. I literally felt through all the rooms that we were having and, you know, all the Christian rooms that we were having and just that sense of community. I felt myself truly coming back to life. And so I, I birthed out during the pandemic. I actually gave birth to my first business, which is called Designs by Danae, um, where I was doing different logos and things like that for people. And like, that was just a, like, I felt myself, like I said, just slowly but surely coming back to life. But I was still just in a really low place because I was doing everything alone. I had two children now, not just one that I'm responsible for. I have been working at, you know, a company um, they're making very minimal, um, working very minimal hours and things like that. And so I just was in this place of like, just kind of going with the motions. If I'm honest for a couple months, like I just was kind of going for through the motions, um, the first few months of my son's life. And I remember just experiencing some level of like heartbreak, um, which kind of led me to this place of like, okay, God, like what is going on? Like, what is happening? Like, why am I going through everything that I'm going through after I literally said yes to you. I literally said yes to your perfect will for my life. And so again, because I had been running from everything that I felt, now I was forced to face God and I was forced to have some conversations with God that I did not have because not because I was afraid, but because I really just didn't want to talk to him. I was just really hurt by him. In my mind, I was hurt by him. And so I didn't really want to talk to God. Um, but I remember in August of 2000, yeah, of August of 2021, I remember just reading through my word and I was reading through um, a text in Psalms, Psalms 103. And I'm actually going to read it to you guys um, because this is the verse that when I read this verse, I remember weeping. And I'm actually going to insert a clip because I'm very transparent and very vulnerable. And when I say that I was in a low place, you know, a lot of people say, you know, I was in a low place. I was in a low place. But unless you are there, unless you were, you know, physically walking with them as they were going through, you really don't know like the magnitude of what it is that they were going through. And even if you were with them through the process, you don't know the magnitude of what it is that they were feeling. And so I remember reading through Psalms 103 and I remember just a weeping and I was crying and I remember listening. I'm, not, I'm sorry, not listening, but I remember recording a prayer to God based off of this text. Um, and that this prayer, I really believe just changed my life completely. And so I'm going to read Psalm 103, but it says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. 
The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all of those who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For all of the heavens are high above the earth. So great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to his children's children, to such as keep his covenant, as to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who act who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And I remember reading this and just weeping because there were so many promises that I got from this text that I want to kind of go over, not for too long, but just briefly, like, Verse two says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then verse three says, who forgives all of our iniquities. And like I just said, I had just come out of a period of like, you know, drinking, clubbing, sexing, like totally and completely ignoring God, not worrying about God because I was so upset with God. And even in that season where I was upset with God, because you can never run too far from God. So even in those seasons and those moments where I was upset with God, like I still had him on my mind, but not enough to want to change my lifestyle or anything like that. And so this was telling me like, God will forgive all of my iniquities and he will heal all of my diseases because I have been experiencing, you know, parts postpartum depression and anxiety and things like that. And so that was another promise. And then this promise of like, it says, who redeems your life from destruction. And there's another verse or another um, translation that says, he who redeems your life from the pit. And here I am feeling like I am in the pit. I felt like I was the lowest that I could ever have gotten. And it didn't get no lower than where I was at. But here he is saying, he will redeem my life from the pit. He will redeem my life from destruction. And then it says, he will crown you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Like I was crowned in shame in those seasons that I was experiencing, all that I was experiencing, I was filled with shame and guilt and condemnation. It was not conviction because it was keeping me away from God. So it was condemnation that was keeping me from being able to even come close to God. And here he is saying that he will crown me with loving kindness and tender mercies. And he will satisfy my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles and that the lord executes righteousness and justice for all of those who are oppressed and i really felt like i was in a season of oppression and so here i am reading this you guys and i'm weeping and so that led me to just you know i oftentimes i wrote out notes after my devotional time with god Um, i'm a writer as you guys have probably can tell from now, I'm a writer. And so after I would do my devotion time, you know, you kind of write your reflections and things like that. But because it was so much on my mind, because I was weeping the way that I was, I just started recording my prayer out to God. And I'll actually insert a clip 
hair so that way you guys can hear that um and really so you can just see like just how low of a place that i was in and so i'll play that for you guys really quick just a clip of it and then i will come back and finish the testimony bless the lord oh my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives me of all of my iniquities who heals me of all of my diseases who redeems my life from the pit who crowns my head with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is restored and renewed like the eagles. The Lord does righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. For all who are oppressed. And God, even now, as I lift up a prayer for myself, just like the devotion said, God, I'm not alone. And so, God, I pray for each and every one of my brothers and sisters in the faith who might feel the way that I have felt or the way that I feel. And know that you are able, God. And I'm asking that you do what only you can do. You said, with you, nothing is impossible. You parted the Red Sea, Lord God. You drowned the children of Israel's enemies in the water. God, you provided manna each and every day, Lord God. God, you, God. God, you, God. It is you that we are longing for. It is you, God. You're the only one, God. We're not able, we're not strong enough, we're not capable enough, God, but you... You have the power and the authority to take that which the enemy meant for evil and to turn it for good just as you did with Joseph. Just like his brothers, they threw him in the pit, God. But you, you redeemed his life, God. You restored everything that he lost right back to him, God. Just like Job. Just like Job, God, who lost everything, God. You restored all that and then some back to Job. So, God, I'm asking that you would do that for me and for your children that are hurting and for your children that are suffering for your sake, God. Listen, listen, listen. I know that that was so heavy. Um, but the reason why I added that and the reason that I included that is because that was the rawness of what I was feeling at the moment. Like, I remember that clip was like, I condensed it a lot. That clip was like probably 11 minutes long of just me weeping and crying out to God, not just for myself, but for so many of my brothers and sisters in Christ who might have been in the same place that I was in. Now, don't get me wrong. Like some of what I was going through was absolutely because of my doing, but there was another piece to what I was going through that the enemy absolutely meant to still kill and destroy that which the work that God had begun that I talked about in the previous episode, like the enemy was not happy with the fact that I gave God everything, that I said yes to God, despite everything that I had gone through in my life, that I had gotten to a place with God where I'm like, for you, I live and for you, I die. Like, because if I die, I get you. So whether I'm living or dead, it's going to be you, God. And I had gotten to that place with God and I'm still in that place with God where it's like, no matter what it is that I face, no matter what it is that I go through, 
it will always be God for me. It will always be God for me. And the enemy knew that even though I was in that place that I was in where I was being rebellious, that my heart belonged to God, that God was still my everything. And so here I am in this place where I'm crying out to God. And I didn't know how God was going to turn my morning into dancing. I didn't know how God was going to turn things around like his word said. But my life verse is Genesis 50, 20. And I kind of quoted that um, when I was crying in a prayer that I just mentioned about you know what the enemy meant for bad God meant for good and I'm going to actually read that verse to you guys really quick because that is the verse that I have been standing on that is the verse that I will continue to stand on and it is my and it is definitely my life verse and I love it in the New Living Translation. Like I always tell you guys, always read it in either the King James or the New King James Version first before you go to other translations. I just think it's just easier to understand the context of what was being said because it's closer to the original, you know, the original transcript. I want to say it's called, forgive me if I'm, if it's not called that. Um, but Genesis 50, 20 in the New Living Translation said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. And so what it is that I was going through, even in that moment, I'm like, no, God is going to use what I'm going through right now to save the lives of other people. Like what I'm going through right now is not just for me. And oftentimes when we go through things, we can think that, you know, we can fall into, fall into the trap of thinking like what's happening is happening to us and it's happening to us and only us. And that when God brings us, brings us out of it, that it's only going to benefit us. But that's, again, that's one of the enemy's tactics to try to keep us in like looking inward. But for me, it was like, but about a grace of God, even in my lowest place, I was able to recognize like, no, what I'm going through right now, like, although the enemy is meaning it for bad, God is going to use this for good. And he is going to bring me to a place where I can save the lives of many people because of this part of my story and this part of my testimony right now. And so that was in August of 2021. Um, I rem- I really don't remember September and October and November, if I'm honest with you guys, like those months were kind of a blur. But I do remember um, in November, I believe it was the end of November or beginning of December, I got a call from my pastor at the time who basically was like, look, I met somebody who was looking to be a blessing to somebody um, for Christmas. And at the time, I'm just like, okay, like I had been praying, you know, for restoration and all of those other things. And so I did not have a clue what the, what the blessing was. I thought it might have been a gift card or possibly, you know, some gifts for Christmas, things like that. Um, so at the time, I had no idea what it was, but I knew that I had been in prayer a lot relative to just seeing the other side of what it is that I was experiencing. Um, and I was living at the time in a two bedroom apartment, but because my depression and my anxiety and my postpartum depression got really bad, I actually moved everything into my living room because I felt like the walls in my bedroom were closing in on me and my son. So I moved everything from my room into my living room besides my bed, basically. Basically. And I remember just sleeping in the living room on my couch for months um, because I just could not like I could not I didn't feel like I was going to be able to survive if I stayed in my bedroom. And so I knew that I needed a bigger place because I had a two bedroom and now I had two children. And so they were like, there's a big gap in their ages. And I knew that they couldn't be in the same room because my daughter is much older than my son. Um, And so I was just like, I hadn't even prayed 
to be honest, for a new place. Like I knew eventually I was going to have to pray and believe God for a new place. But I was just praying at that time, to be honest, for just some sense of restoration and some sense of like, I just wanted to know that God was still with me. Um, And so fast forward, they said, you know, is it okay if we give him your phone number? So they gave the guy my phone number. He calls me, um, I believe this at this point, it was in December. And he calls me for the first phone call. And he's like, hey, yep, like we're looking to bless somebody with a new home, totally mortgage free for Christmas. And I'm like, okay, God, like, okay. Like I remember just getting off the phone and I'm like, no way. Like there is no way that God is about to do this. But what I didn't tell people was that God actually told me like in my previous testimony, I mentioned like those times with God where I would get up and I would pray like every three hours. And during that time, God was literally giving me the van downloads about things that would happen and take place in my life. And one of the things that he said was that I would live in a house that I did not build, that I did not pay for and things like that. And he said that I would meet somebody that would give me a house. And so that was something that God had said at this point, it had been at least like three, no, I'm lying, probably about five years prior at this point. Um, And so when he said what he said, I'm just like, no way. Like, no, this is not about to happen. Like, really? Um, And so fast forward to the second phone call, he was like, yes, like, you know, you are the one that we have selected. You and your children are the ones that we have selected to be the recipients of the house. And I remember just kind of being like stuck. Like, I remember like, if you listen to the recording of when I got the house, I literally was just like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, If there's a way for me to put the link for the interview about that, um, in the in the chat and like the different videos associated with that testimony um if there's a way for me to put that in the description i will absolutely do that so you guys can check it out if you want to um but yes god literally blessed my children and i like months later with a new home totally and completely paid off and in my mind i'm just like who else but god you know like who else but god could have done such a thing and so last year Um, We moved in April of last year, and so it has been a little over a year since we have been in our new house. Um, I was actually fortunate enough to be full-time self-employed starting last year, and like so many amazing other things that God has done to restore that which I've lost. I got a new car during my pregnancy with my son, so I was able to get a new car. Unfortunately, I had to just give that car up because my engine blew, but maybe that'll be in part three of the testimony. Um, But that is part two of my testimony of how, you know, after I went through this amazing transformative experience with God, like I got baptized and then like I literally almost lost my life and I did not know, like I did not see the other side of what it is that I was experiencing. And God literally picked me up and took me from the place that I was in and moved me into a whole different place. Um, And he literally has restored my joy. Like I'm no longer taking to God be the glory. I no longer have to take my anxiety medicine. Um, Just there's so many amazing things. He connected me to like another amazing group of people. Like God is just restoring so many different things back to me right now in this season of my life. And although right now I'm still praying and believing God for, some things like I do believe like you know it's necessary to go back and remember how far you've come and to remember kind of like those altars like with God like in the Bible when something would happen they would build an altar so that way they could always go back and remember what it is that God has done and so in me sharing these episodes it's kind of like my altars to God to always go back and remember like what it is that God has already brought me from and this is just 
to be honest, this is probably a fraction of my testimony, but I don't want to have these episodes too long. Um, but literally, God has absolutely changed my life. I'm not who I used to be. I don't think the way that I used to think. I don't speak the way that I used to think. I'm not the same that I am, that I was before. And that's only by the grace of God. I remember being just so broken to the point where like, my identity was based on all of the pain and the trauma that I experienced. And now my identity is built and founded and based on on God. Like I found my worth and my value in the finished work of the cause. And now I'm fortunate and able to be able to share that same level of compassion that I have received from my father to other people. So that way they can come into their own relationship with God. And that is the gospel. That is the beauty of the gospel. Not that we receive this gift that we could have never have earned and we keep it for ourselves, but that we receive this gift that we have received from God, his grace, his mercy, how he redeemed my life from the pit. And then we open up our mouths and we share those testimonies with other people so that way they can know that if God did it for me, he can also do it for you. He is not a respecter of persons and he desires a real and tangible relationship with each and every one of us. And so I just want to say a prayer over you guys. Um, and then we will wrap up today's episode. But dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just give you glory. I give you honor and I give you praise for who you are, for what it is that you have already done and what it is that you will continue to do. I thank you that your character is so consistent and it does not waver and it does not change. I thank you for being a God who redeems our life from the pit, even the situations that we've gotten ourselves into. You do not wipe your hands with us and say that I'm done with you, Lord God. Your anger is for but a moment, Lord God, but you will never leave us nor forsake us. You will always draw us back to yourself because you long to be in relationship with us. So I pray over each and every person that will hear this episode that you would just continue to whisper in their ear and affirm and reaffirm who they are to you, Lord God. I ask that if there's anybody that listens to this message that feels like they are in a place of oppression, I ask, Lord God, that just as you have done for me, that you will bring them out of oppression and that you will show them the other side, that they will begin to experience the God that they read about, the God that they pray to. So God, I just give you glory. I thank you for being faithful. I thank you for being kind. I thank you for being merciful. I thank you that there is none like you and nobody can love us like you can. So God, I just thank you for your unveiling love that goes from generation to generation. And I just give you glory for each and every person's testimony, each and every person's life and each and every person's story. God, I just thank you that, you know, he who has begun to go work in us will bring it to completion and that which the enemy meant for bad, Lord, you will absolutely turn it and use it for our good. You will bring us to a place where God, where we can save the lives of many people by our testimony. For your word says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and a word of our testimony. So I ask that you would just seal this testimony, seal this word today, Lord God, with your blood. And I just ask, Lord, that it would bear fruit, that it will fall on good ground and good soil and that it will bear fruit in its season. So God, I just give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much, beloved, for being here with me again for another episode of Unfailing Love, the podcast. I'm really excited for the next next couple episodes. We are going into a series called Love Is, where we will be breaking down all of the different um, characteristics of love based off of 1 Corinthians 13. This is something that I have been wanting to do, but I had to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and share my testimony first. So have an amazing day, beloved, and I will talk to you guys soon. Take care. 